Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. To those guests who've just joined us, welcome. Our next stop is the Magic Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching our station at the entrance to Main Street, USA, gateway to the seven theme lands of the Magic Kingdom. Welcome aboard the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. This is Justin Monorail, and joining me today is a whole family pack of chicken nuggets. And we're going to start with the one in the room with me. Who is sitting on the couch over here? A vampire in a lemon grove. A vampire in a lemon grove. Why? Because uh, my favorite short story is actually Vampires in the Lemon Grove. Oh. It's very good. By who? By whom? I don't know. It was in a book of short stories by this. I think it was this lady. Oh, I'll some have lady. To find okay, the book. great. Yeah, I love books by some lady. She's really good. Yeah, I like. I like those Harry Potter books by some lady. Yeah, those are great. <laughs> she has. She's very good at writing the full spectrum. Yeah, she's good. Okay, great recommendations from Vampire in a Living Grove, aka McKenna Monorail. And then joining us on the virtual Monday morning Monorail Magical Hotline are two other chicken nuggets. The first one is playing with some weird green screen that's very distracting. Who is that? Garrett. We're also Chicken Nugget. Chicken Nugget and Garrett Monorail, who has a cat behind him and actually somehow on his skin. It's very weird, Garrett. I hope you're going to maybe cut that out. (laughs) And then in the room with him as well, same room, different computer, is... Samantha Monorail. Samantha Monorail. We're all here. We're all here. Yeah. Ta-da. First time in a while. It's in the first, since the first time in forever. No, that was <laughs> not how that goes. <laughs> I don't remember how it goes, but I know there's a song that does that. There is. That's what true. movie is it from? Do you know? I don't even remember what <laughs> princess sings it. <laughs> it's Frozen. It's Frozen, yeah. And yeah. Anna, oh. Anna sings Whenever that Whenever they're opening up the gates. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> I probably am getting it from the Frozen sing-along, but I sing along with all the songs. So. Did, have you done the Frozen sing-along? Negative. Oh. Well, then how <laughs> would you be getting it from that? Because I watched a video not that long ago because someone was like, go see it. Go do it. And I um, watched the video and I was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> oh, come on. I think we should. I want to do Mom, it. I'll do it. Okay. okay. Me and McKenna are going to do it. McKenna is my ride or die girl over here. She's going to go wherever I go. Well, Garrett well, and I... Gary okay, and I are nice. going to do it today at Hollywood Studios. Oh, well, great. Thanks for reminding me that you're going to be going over to Hollywood Studios this afternoon. You know, uh, not to rub it in your face, no. but I did happen to have a little meetup this week with a couple of our podcasting cousins in New York City. Yes, it's true. Once again, I got to meet up with Frank and Jen from Theme Park Thursday with Dillo's Diz. And uh, we were having just a little bit of Disney chatter, as you might imagine. And while everyone was running around and having fun and doing Disney things, I got to boil a lot of water. Great. (laughs) Well, McKenna was holding down the fort here in Knoxville. She did a great job. I came home and the house was still standing. 
But uh, I didn't just go to New York just to see Frank and Jen. I was there on work, but it was nice to be able to see them. But while we were talking, I said that it's almost like a running joke now. You guys say you're going to go to Hollywood Studios all the time, and you never go. You end up going everywhere else. It's happened several times. <laughs> so are you actually going to go to Hollywood Studios today? Well, yeah, we got fast passes. That, I don't think that means anything. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> We're we're really going to though because Garrett's been to every other park now except Hollywood Studios. So well, with his- I've been just not as a pass holder, right? Not with his AP, right? Yeah. That's what I mean. Since he's moved here. Okay. Well, I hope that you do, and you should do Lightning McQueen's Racing Academy, and I hope it doesn't break down this time. <laughs> and you should do the Frozen Sing Along because why not? Fine. Do it. Garrett's do gonna have a blast. Shows do all the shows. Yeah, and we know that Galaxy's Edge is not open yet in Hollywood Studios, but this was the weekend that it officially opened in Disneyland. Have you all seen some of the videos or pictures from people who are getting to experience it on its opening weekend? Yeah. I will say I've watched several videos now. I watched the Tim Tracker and his walkthrough, uh, and he was part of the media event. I saw that one as well. I watched the touringplans.com video where... Um, Brian was walking around and got to see everything for the first time. And, and I did retweet that one because there were a couple moments where you could tell he was getting choked up. The things that he was seeing, just it was, it was really hitting him right in the feels. And he held it together pretty well. He didn't just have a breakdown. If it were me, <laughs> I would have been a sloppy mess, I'm sure. I, I do not need to be on camera the first time we go to Galaxy's Edge. I'm going to videotape um, I saw a video of an R2 droid. I saw R2-D2, actually. Mm-hmm. But that's crazy. It's insane. They've got Kylo... They're expensive. Oh, yeah, they're yeah. extremely expensive. Well, they're 100 bucks if you want to build a droid. Oh, oh, are you talking about the full-size one? I'm talking about the full-size one. Yeah, so you can get a full-size replica R2-D2 for 25,000 credits. Holy. You have to say credits. It's so much money. 25,000? Yeah, and it is remote control. It's more than my car. Oh, oh 25,000, though. That's... <laughs> it's, it, it was... No, it looked like it was from the movie. Oh, it is. It's movie accurate. Right. Yeah. But yeah. it looked amazing. If that one is a little bit out of your price range, you can build a droid in the droid factory, and they're $100 each, or 100 credits each, and you can build one that's like a BB series or an R2 series, and uh, some of the videos showed that process. That looks really cool, and those are remote I control. I just can't wrap my mind around that, and I just, I don't know, you and Frank Cardello are going to be the ones to watch when you go in there, because, man, it'd be cool if both of you got, I know he said he might have to be alone to go in there, but I at least want to, like, stalk you guys, like, from afar, and watch you sob like babies. That's evil. <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to be a shoulder for him to cry on. I feel like we should go together. I'll, I'll hold Kleenexes. You know, we can we can share a tissue. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think we should get to the issue at hand here. We've spent too long talking about something at Disneyland, and we're supposed to be talking about Disney World. So let's get to it. Today is Monday, June the 3rd, and this is episode 59 of the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. Happy June, everybody. You know, we used to do this little thing called June preview or the month preview whenever we were about to go into a new month. We haven't done that in a while, so I thought at the very least we could do a couple of things. So let's talk about refurbishments. We are going into the summer, so 
refurbishment skeletons get a little break in the summertime. They don't have to worry too much about like fixing up rides because everything needs to be available when people are coming in for their summer vacations. So the only thing down at Walt Disney World in the entire parks, all the parks, is the Walt Disney World Rail- Railroad at the Magic Kingdom. It is still down. And why is that? Tron. Because of Tron. And I feel like you forgot one. Hold on. I'm, st- I'm not done yet. They did reopen. They did reopen the Tomorrowland Speedway, and apparently the track is a little bit shorter because they had to reroute it because of construction. But otherwise, everything's reopened, including the ABC Commissary um, at MGM hashtag Always MGM, the and Hollywood Studios. What about my rat? Pizza Rizzo's still open for now. Okay, maybe it will be through the summer forever. Especially with the big crowds coming in for Star Wars, maybe they'll keep it open through. Yeah, get some of that nasty. Pizza. Well, people are going to need places to go and. You know, sit sit while they're waiting for for their even chance to to glimpse into Galaxy's Edge. Wish they had something to look at, Disney. I know. Hit me up. Yeah, right. We've got some ideas, but that was all that's really under refurbishment. But Stitch is still closed. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say it. I was like, he's not mentioning Stitch. <laughs> so, did you all happen to catch in the last couple of weeks, there was this little rumor that bounced around and it was started from the WDWNT account and they were talking a little bit about Epcot and some of the changes and this was a big one. A hurtful rumor. This was a hurtful rumor. It, it got a lot of people up in arms and basically what they said was that Disney is planning the closure of the land and the sea pavilion sometime in the next five years. And, uh, of course, Diz Twitter reacted calmly and with a level head. Yeah, eloquently. <laughs> eloquently to this rumor. Understand, we talk about rumors on this show. I try not to ever bring news unless I know for sure that it's confirmed. Otherwise, I'm going to tell you guys this is a rumor. But I still like to talk about that stuff. Sometimes, mostly because I think rumors can be fun. This one is a little bit unnerving. Yeah, this one's scary. This is a scary rumor. Yeah. I love the Land and Sea Pavilion. It's so much fun. Yeah. D- Sam, did you see that rumor when it came out? Like, I did. Yeah. I saw it. I don't believe it. So did you just, like, you saw it immediately and you were like, this is not true? Or did you, what was your initial reaction when you saw it? Well, whenever I saw it, I was like, okay, um, the land, that makes no sense. Because there's, like, all those, the restaurants in there, like, it has Soren, which is just redone, you know. And, and living with the new, land, the boat ride. And yeah, living with the land is in there. You know, you can go do the behind-the-scenes tour. There's a lot of stuff that's going on in that yeah. area. Yeah. Now, I will tell you, I think that the seas needs a little love. It's cool getting to see the fish, but the Nemo ride, nobody's riding it. Um, you just walk right on. I mean, it's not bad or anything. I'm not trying to say that. It's just whenever I went in, it was really hot outside and I needed a break. And it's a good place to take a break. But it really wasn't, like, a lot of people riding it for some reason. They got to figure out a way to draw more people back that way because they haven't tried to, it feels like. And the turtle talk with Crush is really cute. I did that, too. I just needed to cool down. But <laughs> Yeah, it definitely does need a little bit more TLC. But I love it, and I would hate to see it go because you can also do, like, the swimming with the dolphins thing mm-hmm. in there. And maybe if they even, like, throw in a restaurant, because I know they just have the cafe little thing. And, yeah, that's, I enjoy a good cafe, but maybe, I don't know, make people eat fish and watch fish. 
be a little demented, but it'd be a <laughs> well, little people, fun. Th- there's a restaurant in there, coral, the Coral Reef. And, oh, uh, there's a restaurant restaurant? Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Ha- oh, I didn't know that either, and I've been in there. Yeah, and you can eat and eat fish and watch fish, yeah. Well, they need to... I don't know, because I didn't know that existed. <laughs> it must be pretty hidden, because I made you walk that whole aquarium. Yeah. So, the reason I bring that up, obviously, it's a, it's just a rumor, and Disney actually officially responded on Twitter and said, you know, those two pavilions aren't going anywhere. How much can you really believe that? Who knows? Because I think if you had put out there that Disney was going to take out the Fountain of Nations maybe a year ago, they would have been like, no, we're not. What are you talking Come on. Why would we do that? But that's <laughs> happening. They're just trying to pull a quick one on us. Yeah. So really, now it's like, nothing to see here. Everybody move on. I'm really hoping that it is really just a rumor, but but who knows? But the reason I bring it up today is because the Disney Parks blog had an article just this past week that basically explained coming up at this year's D23, we're going to be getting a lot of Epcot news about updates and changes. They're going to be talking about what they are going to be doing on the backside of Spaceship Earth. So in that Fountains of Fountain of Nations area where, uh, what is it called? <laughs> Why can't I think? The the place where you get the Cokes. Cool, um, Club Cool. Club, Club cool. cool. Yeah, Club and Cool, the, the Starbucks. Interventions, the Starbucks, all of that stuff. They're going to be talking about what they're going to do with that space, which for now we heard is going to be a beer garden. And then they're also going to be unveiling new icons for the pavilions, not just Imagination, Land and Sea, but also for the new Play Pavilion that they've announced. And the last bullet, they said they're going to talk about more about what makes Epcot Epcot. And here's what it says. Epcot is special for a lot of reasons. As one of Walt's final projects, as an exclusive part of the Walt Disney World Resort, and as home to millions of memories for generations of guests. As we charge ahead with the park's evolution, the architects of Epcot's future are working to preserve all the elements that make this park so special, while also evolving it to be more Disney, more family, more relevant, and more timeless. At the Expo, you'll hear more about experiences that are uniquely Epcot. For example, the updated films coming to Future World and World Showcase, as well as new dining experiences being added to the menu of the foodie park. Here's the biggest problem I have with this statement. He says that they're evolving it to be more Disney. Yeah, that it makes me nervous whenever we read stuff like this because Epcot's Epcot because it's not as Disney as the other parks. It's its own thing. Well, my counter argument to that is Epcot is Disney. That's, they said itself. Yeah. It was Walt's project. How could it be more Disney? And, and the fact you put IPs in there doesn't make it more Disney. No, it it actually kind of makes it less Disney. More commercial. Yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> okay, I'm going to not go down this rant. I'm, I'm going to try not to be a grumpy curmudgeon about this, but I'm just saying, when they say things like that, it makes me feel like they are less connected with what the fans really want than they should be. Yeah... It does make you wonder, because I like the way that Epcot is. Epcot's the the place that I like to go to after I've been running around another park, because it's different. Like, it's um, it's not as kitty, I guess, as the other ones, and I can go eat my dinner there, grab a drink, like, walk around, do some of the fun stuff that they have, like, you know, go into the Mexico Pavilion. It's, like, one of my favorite things to do right now. I love it in there. But, but you hate tequila. That's weird. I don't drink tequila. 
Um, but that doesn't... You don't have to like tequila to enjoy the Mexico Pavilion. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy it, and I don't drink alcohol at all. There you go. See? Garrett's got my back on this. But no, I mean, it's it's unfortunate that they're even talking like that or trying to make it more Disney, because it is Disney, and it's it's a good place for the older people to hang out at, too. I really don't mind them sprinkling in, like in the countries, if they want to add... We've, we're getting Remy in France. Fine. Yeah, heck yeah. If we get the Mary Poppins ride in the UK, fine. I don't care. As long as that's just like an addition to what we already have. And really the main idea is let's give people an experience of what these countries are like and give them a little cultural like crash course on what it's like to go visit this country. That's the main idea. You want to sprinkle in some Alice walking through the UK? Fine, whatever. You want to sprinkle in Coco in Mexico? Fine, whatever. That doesn't matter to me. But don't take away the idea of what was originally planned for the park. And I know, Sam, you stand on the other side of this fence, but in terms of infotainment, this is what the park was supposed to be about. And I I feel like more and more of that's getting taken away, and there's a place for it. I'm not saying take away infotainment. You just think it's boring. I I think it's for other people, not me. I'm. A, I know. I'm an ADHD person. I like a lot of stimulation, you know, and and those just aren't my thing. But I don't want it to go away. Yeah, that's fine. I'm mostly giving you a hard time because I know this is something that you go to battle with some people on, <laughs> saying spaceship yeah, yeah. Earth is boring or something like that. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. go to battle with me on that one, <laughs> which, by the way, isn't true. And I always worry that. Uh, <laughs> If you're listening, Ginny from the uh, DNA, uh, Disney DNA podcast, I don't want them to go away because <laughs> she loves them. <laughs> she does. She's a huge fan. She's a big supporter. So, And there, there are plenty yeah. of them out there. I, I would say I'm somewhere in between. I really enjoy them. I don't. Th- I mean, I think there's also a place for roller coasters and thrill rides, but I like the infotainment stuff too. Why not yeah. both? That's my favorite phrase. Why not both? Anyway, I I don't know. We'll see. You know, this is another one of those things. We'll be watching the D23 Expo with great interest as they make these announcements. So quickly, I wanted to move on to a new ticket offering that Walt Disney World is uh, putting out there for us for this summer. And it's the first time that Disney's offering this particular package. It is called the One World Ticket, and it costs $444, which I enjoy. As a fan of alliteration, this is like, is there a word for number alliteration? (laughs) Sequence. Uh, Number alliteration. (laughs) Sequence. Um, So $444, but then plus tax. And what that ticket will give you is access to all four Disney parks and both water parks. So you essentially get six days to spend in the parks for $444. They do say that it's not park hopper. But if you wanted to do two parks in one day, you could. So if you go to Walt Disney World and you start at Magic Kingdom and you're like, you know, I don't know why you would do this, but you're like, you know, half a day at Magic Kingdom was enough. Let's go over to Epcot. You could do that, but you just can't go back and forth. The tickets will go on sale starting June 4th. And it says that they must be purchased between June 4th and August 23rd. And you can use them between June 4th and August 28th. Oh, interesting. It ends the day before Galaxy's Edge opens. So. Yeah, that, they're trying to pull some people in. Yeah. I, don't, I 
can't blame them. I no. mean, you know, it's going to be nuts. So if they can get some of the crowd to come on in and, you know, not everybody all at the same time, yeah. I actually can appreciate that. So they're essentially, that's exactly what they're doing. They're, if people were debating, should we wait till Galaxy's Edge opens or should we go, you know, before that? Well, here's some incentive potentially for people to, to maybe make that trip earlier. Right. The, and actually, if you purchase these tickets, one of the things you can look at is I know that there's special summer room packages on WaltDisneyWorld.com. So if you go and try to book a stay, I think it's like between now and maybe maybe the end of August. I think it actually ends August 28th, just like this ticket. But there's like, I want to say you can get up to like 30% off room rates. Um, and then also, depending on the resort you're staying at, you'll get a Disney gift card. Uh, for however many nights you stay there. so Okay. Yeah. Special room offers, special ticket offers. Disney is trying their hardest to maybe thin out those crowds for opening day of Galaxy's Edge. And, and also, by the way, food and wine, which, which starts on August 29th as well. So, all right. Well, I guess that'll do it for the news today. We've got an exciting agenda planned for the rest of the show, so please stick with us. We're going to go over to M34D, and then we're going to wrap up today's show with a discussion about chicken nugget and mama monorails day at typhoon lagoon it was the monorail family's first ever disney water park experience so i can't wait to hear about it stick with us we'll be right back Welcome back to the monorail. This is the Disney Deep Dive with the Dawes. And joining me as he does every week is the one and only Landon the Dawes Doan. Landon, welcome back to the monorail. Uh, always fun to be coming from you in this, the fun segment on uh, this podcast. And this is the perfect segment for people watching. So keep your eyes peeled. You never know who you're going to see. <laughs> Boom. Nailed it. One take landing, baby. <laughs> Stuck the landing. I love it. Yeah. And that is the perfect intro to the ride that we are going to be doing a deep dive into today. One of the most I would say underrated attractions, but you know, I almost think that's from like a Disney perspective because I think for the fans, this particular ride gets a lot of love in the Walt Disney World community. And of course, we are talking about the one and only Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover, as we call it today. Yeah. The yeah. TTA. It's gone through a few different name changes, but, you know, as any famous person does, sometimes, you know, you switch between, especially being a wrestling fan, Landon, I know you're aware of, of wrestlers changing their handle when they go from one promotion to another, so... Sometimes your Dean Ambrose's become John Moxley's. Exactly. That's where I was going with that one, so... Sometimes your Prince's become former, or artistly formerly known as the Prince, <laughs> or something similar and then to that. Back, and then back to Prince, you know. Well, remember, there was a symbol in between there, too. And Exactly. And, well, that's kind of appropriate for the TTA People Mover because, really, it started as the Wedway People Mover. It went to the Tomorrowland Transit Authority. And then it's now the Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover kind of bringing it back old school. Um, a little combination of 
today and yesterday, which is is perfect. And this ride, Landon, it's great. It's great for everybody. It's a ride that you can enjoy no matter what age you are, no matter what kind of physical state you might be in, because there's a lot of rides you can't enjoy if maybe you've got back problems or, or some other physical ailment. This ride's for everybody. It's, it's not scary, it's enjoyable, and it's a great way to spend 10 minutes, don't you think? It absolutely is, and especially depending on what time of the year you go down to the Walt Disney World uh, properties, Florida's known to be hot. So another fun aspect, uh, one of my favorite elements of the ride is the fact that it is 10 minutes and it's all indoors and it's all so cool. Well, it's not all indoors, but it's still it's all covered. Like you're, it's all covered, and you're catching a nice breeze as you're riding the TTA. It's like it's like I don't know if you have how fast the carts themselves actually move. Of course, I have it. Of course, you do. But but it's like this isn't you know like test track or anything. But you're still moving it at a decent pace to get a nice breeze, and it gives you a unique overlook of Tomorrowland, which I think is really cool. That's right, because and, and you get to see inside of attractions, which is even cooler. Yeah, it is. It's amazing. It's like you're behind the scenes and you're you're riding a ride. You get a view, this amazing view of Tomorrowland, which is my favorite land in the Magic Kingdom. And, it, and it's all because you're on the second level of Tomorrowland. So you're not just riding around on the ground. You're not in a subway. You're on the second level with a beautiful view of the park. And right now it's a perfect view of Tronstruction, if you're into that sort of thing. But are they really calling it Tronstruction? No, that's what I like to call it. I think some people that's, call it that. That's brilliant. They need to. St- this is another one of those million-dollar ideas that Disney needs to steal from you. Just and call I, it Tronstruction. I will say, I don't think I came up with that myself. I may have heard it from somewhere else, but I've been calling it that since they started it. So. Well, I'm saying that you came up okay. with it. And, and now that it's on a podcast, it's true. Well, you want to talk about how fast this ride goes? It gets up, yes. Now that I've asked, it gets up to a blazing six point eight four miles per hour. Man, good lord! I can't believe they don't put seat belts on that thing. Yeah, no seat belts. You don't need no seat belts or credit cards to ride this train. Uh, hey, I get that. <laughs> yeah, and we haven't really done an appropriate introduction of the Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover. And for those of you who aren't familiar, or you just like to hear these little me stumble through a description of what these attractions are (laughs) Um, here we go again essentially it is like i would say a scaled down version of a public transit train and the idea of course this train just takes you right back to where you started but the idea is that it's taking you through tomorrowland as a futuristic form of mass transit and um it was inspired by the People Mover in Disneyland, but it's different in some ways. So the People Mover in Disneyland was not covered, but the trains had roofs. So they actually had their own little canopies over each train. But then when they built the Tomorrowland Transit Authority, well, Wedway People Mover in the Magic Kingdom, it opened July 1st, 1975, by the way, which is it shares a birthday with Garrett Monorail, July 1st. Well, that is cool. I can't believe I haven't put that together before. Yeah. So um, it's coming up on its 44th birthday. So I think we can say hashtag forever 44. (laughs) Oh, my God. He looks amazing for his age. He looks great for 44. But yeah, (laughs) 
let's just talk a little bit more about what you experience when you ride the TTA People Mover. So you take the elevated or the inclined walkway, automatic walkway, up to the second floor. Of if you're Rockford. so inclined. If you're so inclined uh, to do so. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm awful. <laughs> I like it. Um, up to the second floor of Rocket Tower Plaza. And by the way, the third floor, Astro Orbiters. And on the fourth floor is Walt's space apartment. I don't know if you know that or not. <laughs> That's a little known fact. A very little known fact. You step off of the inclined walkway onto the moving platform, which is moving at the same speed as your ride vehicle, and step into <laughs> one of five train cars that make up the train. And each train car holds four people. And so you've got a 20-person train that goes through it. It loads up pretty quick. It moves a lot of people through. You never have to wait that long to get on this ride, which is one of the great pluses of the people mover. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it is in the name. It is literally a people mover. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I know you don't have this off the top of your head, but with Haunted Mansion and this, how many other Walt Disney World attractions specifically have that, you know, moving walkway where you're on that and then get onto the cart? Yeah, there's a lot because you can include like Peter Pan's flight. Mm, that's true. Mm-hmm. You could include um, the spaceship Earth, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of them. I definitely don't have it off the top of my head. I don't know if well, that's a Googleable fact, but... Also, I don't know if Googleable is a word, but no. <laughs> Especially not the way I say it. But then once you hop onto the train, then it starts taking you through the, your, your uh, bird's eye view of Tomorrowland and, yeah. and, in, and into several different rides and shops and things. You get a nice view down into the Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger spin. And of course, you get a behind the scenes view of Space Mountain. Yeah, that's so cool. Like like going going through, I guess for the lack of a better term, the lift off and you get to look up and you get to see the astronauts standing there. I think that is so cool. And real quick, while we're touching on Space Mountain, while I was doing research for this uh, segment, uh, there is a guy on YouTube, John Y. Chen, I believe is his channel. He has a point of view of the people mover, but when he gets to Space Mountain, the lights are on. So it gives you a unique look of both the People Mover and Space Mountain. So I highly recommend you check that out. It's really cool. It is very cool. And then, of course, you get to move through Mickey Star Traders to look down at all the things that you or your children <laughs> or you want to buy once you get off the People Mover. Yeah, I, I do think it's funny. Most uh, most attractions, especially at Disney World, uh, you know, they say uh, exit to the gift shop. This ride goes straight through a gift shop. Yeah. <laughs> ride through. It's one of the attractions. Look at all these amazing things you could take home with you. Ooh. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and you too could own a piece of a Walt Disney attraction. Yeah. And uh, before before it's all said and done, you also get to see a couple different uh, scenes, as you might call them. I don't know what you might... That One's a diorama. The other is a little bit of a scene that it sets up. And of course... The diorama is something that we need to mention because it's uh, it's something that is very close to Disney fans' hearts as it is a view at Progress City or Epcot Center as it was supposed to be before Walt passed away and it kind of changed. That is so cool. And it's one of those things. It's like I could I, I don't know how many times I've ridden TTA and I could ride it a hundred more times. There would still be something new I would find every time when you go by that diorama, just because it's so massive and it being Disney, you know it was down to the finite details. Like I would love to just go over that with a fine comb, but it's like, unfortunately, even though it's moving at six miles an hour, 
doesn't really give you a great time to just stop and look at it. I know. I'd like a really high-res picture of it. I actually tried to take a good picture the last time we rode the TTA, and my camera sucks. So, Well, geez, get a better camera, dude. Come on. Because it is dark in there. and <laughs> It is. And it's behind glass, so if you turn your flash on, that's not going to work. <laughs> yep. It's, it's almost like Disney's thought about this. The one that I always remember that's stuck out through the years is you're passing uh, over on your right. You see, well, I guess it depends on if you're facing forward or backward, but over on the side of the train, you see a lady whose head is like jammed into a giant metal object. And then on the screen, um, what shows is what's going on inside that giant metal object. And apparently she's getting a perm from a robot. So, ooh, fancy. Yeah. And I really thought that's what the future was going to be like when I used to ride this ride. <laughs> wait, wait, you, you just thought the future was going to like technology was going to like get to the point where it's like, man, the future's so neat. You can stick your head in a metal box and get a new haircut. Yeah, that's what I wanted. I, I really thought that robots were going to take over doing all these manual tasks and we'd be living kind of in a like a Wally-esque uh, kind <laughs> of a world. Well, I mean, with the way AI keeps advancing, I mean, we're like, what, 15-ish years away from that? So, And I, for one, welcome our new robot overlords. Yeah. I really do like those scenes in WALL-E, though. Um, It's a good movie. Well, it is. That's true. And I really do like the idea of getting to ride around on a hover seat all day and just have my lunch delivered to me in a giant cup so I can just drink it down. I'm on board for all of that. Heck to the yeah. They even got your wardrobe taken care of. You can get the finest reds or the finest blues. (laughs) So we should probably talk a little bit about the narration uh, that has changed through the years, almost as many times, actually more times than the name of the ride has. Uh, When it opened as the Wedway People Mover, our host was Jack Wagner from 75 to 85. Yeah. Like like just such an iconic voice when it comes to, especially like vintage Disney. It's like when you hear that, it's like, oh. I, I, I know right where I am. I'm, I'm watching an old school Donald Duck cartoon or I'm, I'm walking down, you know, uh, Main Street USA or something like that. It's just like when you hear that, you feel Disney. Yeah. From 85 to 94, we had ORAC1, the commuter computer take over. And uh, well, that's, rhymes, one, so. yeah, that's <laughs> one that stands out in my mind just because I can remember. And I, I don't know if these went away even after 94. I feel like some of these kind of stuck around for a little while, but it's like anytime you were approaching a new area of Tomorrowland, it'd be like, now approaching Disney's Carousel of Progress or something. And uh, Well, I will say like in uh, in doing some research for this segment, I watched some videos on YouTube and it it doesn't have, you know, I guess an as robotic voice, but the narrator does still be like, and and now it's like, you know, as soon as you exit the Space Mountain area, so, as soon as you go back to Tomorrowland, be sure and visit Space Mountain. And and it's like, it's like there are like audio cues whenever you go to watch the Buzz Lightyear aspect of it. Like, I think there is like some like Buzz and the friends are... Take it down, Zerg. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> You've got a dog tail in your face. Yeah, I am being attacked by my dog currently. <laughs> I apologize if I sound distracted. A little behind-the-scenes peek. You might notice that maybe we sound a little different right now, and that's because we already recorded the middle part of this <laughs> M340 <laughs> once today, and uh, the file got corrupted, so we had to redo part of this. And I think Zoe, Landon's dog, is just like, I thought you were already done with this. It's time to play with me. <laughs> it's like I was good earlier. It, it, it's my time. And actually, I have a theory as to why our first recording was corrupted 
because it was just too darn good for this world. I mean, mm-hmm. like, yeah, like that was the best narration job and you've ever done. You were doing amazing impressions. Uh, the, the dance number you had was very <laughs> surprising, um, but but thorough. Uh, and but honestly, I think the reason it got corrupted i told the secret of where walt's frozen head actually is i know oh, that ladies yeah. and gentlemen well keep it to yourself this time we don't Spoiler want Spoiler alert it's six flags over oh, georgia oh dang it now dang it there it goes again. again crap <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so we moved on from orac1 to the tta central announcer which was pete renaday from 94 to october of 2009 and then it transitioned to mike brassel or Brassel, October. Mike Brasshole. Bra- <laughs> That's what you said. Mike Brassel from October 2009 to present. So he's still your announcer today. And then BJ Ward is the safety voice uh, as well. So, and that voice is familiar because he was actually the announcer for the People Mover out in Disneyland for about a decade. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Nice, nice little thread to tie the coast together. So, uh, like I said, it's been through a few name changes, but the ride has always remained the same. It's simple, and it's beautiful due to its simplicity. Mm-hmm. And, and it's something you said at the top of this podcast, I kind of, or this segment, rather, I want to circle back to, you said it's like, to non-Disney fans, this isn't like, why would you ride this? But Or maybe in underrated attraction but the disney fans like and i know this is going to sound elitist even before i say it but it's like i feel like you can almost identify true disney fans it's like absolutely the tta is amazing because like in all of the youtube videos that i watched in preparation for this segment if it wasn't the top comment in every one of these videos it was towards the top it's about how much people love this ride and about how underrated it is and underappreciated it is so it's like i like it's almost kind of like like a language or something it's like okay my people you are one of me it is it's shorthand it's a way for us to identify other Disney files like ourselves. If, if you talk about the TTA people mover and you see the eyes light up, then you know, okay, you're, you're one of us. Exactly, yeah. You're speaking my language. Yeah, because everybody loves Space Mountain. Everybody mm-hmm. loves Pirates. Everybody loves the Haunted Mansion, and rightfully so. Those are yep. amazing attractions. But if you throw out, you know, I think one of the best rides at Disney is the people mover, and you see somebody start to nod their head, you're like, yep, all right, we're on board. <laughs> I mean, think about it, especially compared to the attractions that you just rattled off. It's like Haunted Mansion, Space Mountain, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Then you, then you mention TTA, which it's like I love TTA, but compared to like a high thrill roller coaster, um, a spooky ride through a haunted mansion, and then you know going to see pirates, or you can just go sit in a tram and it's going to move you for ten minutes. <laughs> it will. It's going to move you in more <laughs> it ways. It will than- move you. Yes, it will. <laughs> Yeah, and I think to further support this argument, when we did our March Madness bracketology about attractions at Walt Disney World, those who filled out their own bracket, um, the, the the people mover was well represented on those brackets and actually hung a banner in many cases. And I made the, the comment on Twitter that I think the people mover was the people's champion. If we had factored those votes into our end results, I the people mover may have taken home the crown really 
I mean, it's like I didn't I didn't realize it had that much uh, fan support on the Twitter. But I mean, like, it is kind of crazy. It's like this is one of those things that can keep moving further and further into the brackets. I mean, it's not like, you know, uh, Splash Mountain going out in the first round or something. That would be just completely ridiculous and, and, and ridiculous and would make me stop listening and leave a wacky review. <laughs> it's pop that that kind of thing could happen, but that would be no, no, that would never happen. Come on, that's ridiculous. Strange, strange parallel universe. <laughs> we truly are in the darkest timeline. All right, well, I think that's going to do it for today. It's been a great celebration of the TTA people mover, and if you all aren't sold on it, I don't know what to do with you. So the only thing I can do is tell you to go over go the to win- universal. Go, <laughs> go to Universal or maybe go to, to Landon's website and find some other entertainment for you because this is the best we got. So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I would definitely uh, like your suggestion more than uh, my suggestion. Uh, that website is buttmunchchips.com, buttmunchchips. Sit on your butt and munch. Uh, that's where you can find other podcasts posted, uh, such as Game of Thrones Talk, a.k.a. God Talk, the R&D Project, which might be coming back in some iteration, also might be coming back in some iteration near fall radio will have a full breakdown of aew or all elite wrestling's first pay-per-view double or nothing um one of the matches did get an elusive five star from uh, the wrestling observers dave Meltzer. so aew's off to a hot start and uh but short of going to my website i would suggest you go follow me on twitter and that's l-a-n-d-o-z please go follow me landed down i'm the best landed down not the rest there we go come on we'll 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 work on the uh, chorus with my uh, backup singers at another point in time but uh yeah oh and i'm also on the phil show on news talk 987 wok <laughs> streaming in the sky anytime yeah uh-huh uh, also available on the iHeartRadio app and and i'm going to make us get more uh interactive ak or uh slash doing podcasts so uh be sure to keep a eye out on the phil show in the itunes store as well awesome well landon it's always a pleasure thanks for taking a grand circle tour with me around tomorrowland on the tta people mover and we look forward to seeing you again next week Welcome back to the Monorail. Hope you enjoyed M34D today. We're talking all about the TTA People Mover. I love going on the People Mover. (laughs) I know. It's It's it's, really fun. It's funny. It's like one of the simplest attractions, but it's a fan favorite. People love it. It's so much fun. It is. And it's kind of like, it's a little campy too. Mm -hmm. It's great. I love it. Top to bottom, thumbs up. You know, speaking of... Thumbs up, top to bottom. I don't know. I'm trying to segue, but... <laughs> that, was, that was a weird segue. It was. So this this past weekend, actually on Memorial Day, Garrett Monorail and Sam Monorail decided to try Disney water parks for the very first time, and you all went over to Typhoon Lagoon. So let me first ask you, how did you pick between Blizzard Beach and Typhoon Lagoon? What were the factors that led you to pick Typhoon Lagoon for your first trip? Uh, Shark Reef. <laughs> and then, you know, that didn't work out. Right. Um, but also, I didn't want to go on Summit Plummet. What? <laughs> he does now. He does. Because you no, were... No, I do not. Wait. 
Okay, we're, we're, I know we'll get to this, but didn't you experience a similar slide at Typhoon Lagoon? Yeah, but it wasn't near 90 degrees. All right. Okay, so you decided, I think we did talk about Shark Reef before you guys went over there, and then I had to give you the disappointing news that that closed three years ago. So Yeah, hold on. Let me just say, Justin Monorail was like, oh, listen to this, guys. There's a place where you could swim with stingrays and sharks. And then he goes, I'm watching a video. There's a tiny hammerhead. And we're like, oh, my God. And then he goes, oh, just kidding. It closed in 2016 after we got all worked up about it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Spoiler alert. I have never been to a Disney water park, and I have no idea the kinds of rides and attractions that either either one of the parks or what's going on, what's closed, what's open. So I I always had heard that there was a place where you could snorkel with fish at Typhoon Lagoon. I had no idea that it was closed in 2016. <laughs> you know what else brought us to Typhoon Lagoon was the uh, wave pool. Ah. It has six foot waves and it was really cool. <laughs> that was it was interesting. We got like an emphasis when you said six foot waves. There was an echo on Garrett's computer. Like there should have been like a guitar. Yeah. <laughs> six foot waves. <laughs> I actually heard it too. I was like, that's weird. <laughs> so I also read that before the park opens and after it closes, they actually do surfing lessons in the wave pool at Typhoon Lagoon because the waves are so big. I'm gonna learn how to surf, guys. <laughs> but that's pretty cool. That's uh, that's an interesting, unique feature because. I know Garrett has always been a big fan of wave pools, but I would say the wave pools yeah. we've experienced up till today have been tame compared to that. This one is not tame. Um, when we were on it, I mean, we ended up being in there with a lot of the really big waves, and it just, it will smack you and knock you over, and you fly into other people and touch butts. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went over someone at one point, and I think it was... I think it was actually uh, mom that I went over. Yeah, Garrett did go over me one time. And I did. I touched several butts. Um, <laughs> you pervert. <laughs> I didn't. I think, I think she did that on purpose. Yeah, exactly. I also had my butts touched. So. Your butts? Multiple yeah. butts. How many do you have? <laughs> Multiple butts. When I think about that, I think it would be miserable to be a lifeguard at that wave pool because it would be it would just be chaos. Um, it is. I mean, when the wave, so whenever the um, alarm sounds for the giant waves to come, they just stay standing the whole time and watch because, I mean, we didn't see anything happen. But I mean, you're you are you're getting tossed around like crazy and under the water. And if you're not a good swimmer, like it's not a good place for you to be. Yeah, that's what I would imagine. It's a little bit dangerous. Yeah. Do they do they make like kids wear life vests? Do they make you get on rafts or are there yeah, rules um, like that? They they offer life vests for weak swimmers and people with life vests have to stay behind a line. <laughs> Guess I'm wearing yeah. a life vest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not super deep. Um, so, um, well, it gets really deep if you go further back, but you can go pretty good ways and not be too deep. But when those waves hit, other waves will come in behind them and it will keep knocking you under if you're not careful. So you have to try and stand. And sometimes you forget that you can stand in that area. Did you find that when you were walking around the wave pool or walking to slides, were you getting your feet scorched by burning concrete like we did at Dollywood Splash Country last year? Yes. So this is well, just a weight water park problem, I guess. 
Well, some of the rides, though, in the lines, they try to have sprinklers. Actually, most of the walkways, not even on rides, have sprinklers. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, they put sprinklers everywhere, but some of the areas, it doesn't get sprayed very well, and it will burn your feet. But they try to make it to where even there are, like, like um, puddles of water to walk through um, with sand and stuff, so that way you're you can avoid walking on the concrete for a while yeah they were actually pretty thoughtful about it so oh mckenna has a question i do i do so i'm not a side person i don't like the feeling of my body going down a tube into a pool of water it's kind of scary i hope you never get swallowed by a giant me too that would be awful (laughs) how many tube rides are there a lot of them are tube rides um there are some that you just go down with your body, but, you know, they have like a water coaster, but it's not like the Dollywood one, um, but it kind of is. Like, it's really neat. You ride a double tube, and it's for two people, or you could be a single rider, but you just go super fast all through there, and it's really cool. Like, there's a lot of tube rides. Garrett, would you say most of them were tube rides? Yeah, there were a lot, yeah. I'd say most of them were. Nice. Okay, that's good to know because I don't like water parks and I don't like going down with just my body. So I like that actually. Which one? Because if you're if you're going down with just your body, you know that it's you know safe enough for you to just go with your body. Oh, okay. So you kind of feel like it there it's like a message. If they tell you you can go just with your body, then it must be a safer slide. Yeah. Okay. I just don't want to be dunked. Yeah. I don't want it. You don't like the splash down no. in the pool at the bottom? It goes up my nose. Plug your nose. I try to, and then, I, like, it hits me, and my hand goes flying, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm drowning. I actually love I actually love that. <laughs> Garrett <laughs> loves the feeling of water shooting up his nose. God. No, because you have to close your nose. Yeah. Um, that's what you do before you go down it, because if you don't close your nose, the whole r- slide will be getting water in your nose. It's true. You could get... We should get Plus, you those clips I, that close your nose like swimmers no. use i look silly plus i'm i'm so light that i skip on the water at the end it's so. <laughs> like a skipping stone across the top of the pool okay so let's talk about slides some more so isn't there one called is it like humunga cowabunga that yes. and that's yeah. a steep one right it's a tall steep that's one. a really steep one yeah okay our good friend on twitter tombstone josh he said that was one of his favorite slides he loved that one and uh yeah, we had fun on that one we did that. Mm-hmm. So, Garrett. Yeah, it was fun. You enjoyed it, but you still don't think you'd want to do Summit Plummet? No. Tell me why. Because the humunga Calabunga was not anywhere near 90 degrees. Okay. Well, but was, I, I think... But it, it wasn't, you know, that steep. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So, he said... Here's what Tombstone Josh said. Humunga Calabunga is such a fun, fun ride and tips the scale in Typhoon's favor for him. Because so, we put out on Twitter... At Morning Monorail, if you were going to pick one of the two water parks, which one would you pick? So he picked that one. And uh, there were a lot of votes, actually, for Typhoon Lagoon. We should have thought about doing that before you guys picked a park because they could have helped us. But it seems like you all picked the right one anyway. Yeah, we had a really good time over there. But, you know, one of the things um, that I think helped Garrett break his... um, concern about doing any of the water rides was I think we did what was it we we did us the first slide it might have been Mayday Falls um that was the second one was it Keel Hall Falls I I don't remember but it was tame 
we were riding it and we both got off and we were like uh okay <laughs> and so i was like if this is what the slides are like you can do all of them and he was like yeah well i was i was saying that i want something more extreme than that interesting so it didn't even get garrett's adrenaline going at all that first one no i thought it was pleasant it was a pleasant slide <laughs> that's not really <laughs> what you're looking for on a slide that's like you know that's why we have uh, Lazy Rivers. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to the Lazy River. <laughs> we want a little more thrill out of our slide. Um, did you yeah. guys do... We had a couple of comments that mentioned the Crush and Gusher slides. Did you all do those? I think so. Yeah, we did. So what were those like? It is the water coaster. And we did every single one of the slides on the water coaster. Yeah, it is. Okay, so this is the... Crush and Gusher uh, water coaster, and I can see. It's all right, the fruit um, cleaning thing. Oh, okay. So it's like you're going through a fruit cleaner. Yeah. Here's a little more detail around that ride. So uh, it was the first water coaster built for Disney Water Park, themed as an abandoned, dilapidated fruit process center. Guests may slide down three different slides: the Banana Blaster, the Coconut Crusher, or the Pineapple Plunger. They send you into Hideaway Bay Pool. Okay, so that's the coaster you guys were talking about. There were, there was a lot of enthusiasm for the crushing gusher, gusher on our Twitter. It looks like it's a lot of fun. Oh my gosh, it was really fun. Yeah, we really enjoyed it. I mean, we obviously did because we kept going back up and we did all three of them. Nice. I want to do all three. Yeah. How was the crowd? Being that it was uh, Memorial Day when you guys went. Uh, it actually was pretty light. Okay, so you didn't have to wait too long for most slides? Really, most slides were under five minutes. Wow, that's awesome. That is really good, actually. What took the longest was getting to the slide. Like, you really yeah. didn't have to wait in a line. The, it's a lot of stairs to climb in a short period of time because you don't have to wait on anything. So by the end of the day, I was like, my thighs. <laughs> <laughs> you got a lot of steps in for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeremy, our friend uh, Main Street at Main Street Magic with the Capture yeah. the Magic podcast, he said that uh, Typhoon is their favorite for the wave pool and for the crush and gusher. And then also we heard Lazy from, River is pretty great too, though. We heard from Park Hopping Mad on Twitter, and they said that uh, they they prefer Blizzard Beach, but they really like Crush and Gusher over at Typhoon. And then uh, DK13 said um, at DK13 underscore Chris Dano said Typhoon is better, Crush and Gusher, and Lazy River. So that's a good segue. Tell us about that Lazy River, Garrett. Uh, it was very long. That was a long one. It was very long. It felt like it took us forever to get around it. And we kept trying to guess where we got on at. And then when we finally, we were like, that must have been it. And then when we finally got to the area where we actually got on at, we're like, whoa, it's all the way over here. <laughs> so, um, And also, it has a lot of waterfalls and stuff. Yeah. Ways for you to get wet yes. while you're riding. Is there ways to avoid going under the waterfalls or does it force you under uh, the waterfalls? One of them you can't avoid. Okay. Are yeah, there are there like little scenes and different things to see as you go through the lazy river? Yeah, there's a couple. What are those like? Well, there are signs. There are a lot of signs. Well, and it looks like there's like a couple of um, boat crashes and stuff. You and know? there's a there's a lifeboat. Yeah, that's turned upside down. And isn't there someone that it said they were just married, but <laughs> they're that was, that was not that was a that was in the queue. Oh, okay. Um, but 
you know, they make it look like tragedy had just struck the area and right. Um, and there are things crashed all around, you know. So the, the wave pool has a has a dam thing, like watch your it's, line, it's language, not, Garrett. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, a dam to stop water. I know. And it looks like it was just like really hurried, hurriedly made. Mm-hmm. And you like go behind lady. it in the lazy river. I will add, there's another pool area, and I don't know what it's called, but after the crushing gusher, there's like a an open area that you can walk to, and it's not a you know there's no waves or anything. People are just kind of floating it's, around in there. Um, the crushing gusher. Whenever you go out of it, there's a little area. You know how every every water ride has a pool at the end of it. Yep. You put up your float, and then it's like connected to a normal pool. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, and it's uncomfortably warm. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's, not unco- it's not uncomfortable. Uh, it's comfortable. That could be unsettling. Yeah. It's like it, a bathtub. No, it's it's not. It's she's exaggerating because <laughs> it really wasn't that warm. It was warm, like noticeably warm, but it wasn't like pee warm. You're exaggerating. <laughs> it was sun warm. You're exaggerating, Garrett. Under. <laughs> Exaggerating. I am not exaggerating. I think I think her memory is just not not the best. Blow <laughs> <laughs> blow. Garrett, actually, uh, Hollywood Studios is canceled today. We lied earlier. I know we said we were going, but well, that means you're punishing yourself. I'm I'm fine with it. Let mm. me just remind you that I've been to Hollywood Studios a few times now. <laughs> so that means you don't want to go anymore. I'm just kidding. Let's talk a little bit about uh, seating, lounge chair availability. Is there a lot of room to find a good place to kind of set up for the day and and talk about? I mean, shade. Too? A lot of there's actually another like, um, it looks like there's no like there's no seats. But really, people like groups will surround areas of seats, mm-hmm. so it looks like there's no seats, but there's a lot. Yeah, you know how people are—they go in and they find every item out of their bag and put it on top of a seat, and right. they've saved for a family of four ten seats. Um, right. That was that was going on, and that can be frustrating because. You know, there were, at one time, this family would have maybe one to two people there, but they had a whole row, row of seats blocked off for them. So. Yeah, that's frustrating. Even um, our seat got surrounded eventually. Yeah, Did you we only had have to one? Oh, you had two seats? We had two, but they got surrounded oh. by family. It is frustrating. So, are you basically saying that, like, it's it's tough to find a good place to sit? tough to find good lounge chairs there yeah the only and it is because people are just trying to save so many so if you're gonna if you're interested in finding like a place and you feel like most of the day you're gonna kind of be lounging and being lazy you probably ought to get there early to stake out good lounge chairs yeah and we couldn't get one of the seat um the chairs that you lay out in we had to get just little chairs that sit up because people had taken so many of the ones that you lay down in yeah, and also the seating area has, like, sand, like normal sand, hmm. and it gets really hot. Oh, yeah. Are there cabanas that you can rent or canopies? We didn't see any. I saw them um, because oh, I, I, didn't see. I definitely was paying attention, 
uh, to that because I think it's worth the money. And so when our family goes, I would like to rent one. There's a beachcomber shack that you can rent. You can also rent Getaway Glen umbrellas. I did see there was a sign about renting them, but I wasn't looking for them. You know how I am. I'd rather spend the money to have our own designated area. So uh, You can rent a beachcomber shack. They have room for up to six guests, and they come with towels, cushion seats, a locker, refillable mugs, a cooler stocked with water and ice, and then attendants on hand to help Beachcomber Shack guests get the most out of the water park and to take your food order. So nice. but you don't get food for free. You do have to pay for the food. That's fancy. Yeah, that sounds nice. Yeah, um, and I think the prices are variable, but I was reading an article that says it's like over $300 for a shack per day. Okay. Um, but then they do have, like you mentioned, Getaway Glen umbrellas. Uh, with an umbrella, you get a beach umbrella, two reserved loungers, two beach chairs, a drink table, and towels, and they can accommodate up to four guests. Those are more affordable. It says if you're looking for same-day availab- availability, you're supposed to visit Singapore Sal's, which I guess is a little... Yeah, it's a gift shop I was talking about. It's a about. gift shop. Okay, it's a gift shop where you can go ahead and do the same-day rentals, but it does say that it, you can rent that stuff up to 100 day, 180 days in advance. And it's probably a good idea to do that. And the other really cool thing is that people were bringing in coolers of food and drinks and stuff. And no one was saying anything to them. They were rolling coolers through the water park. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, you can bring a lot of food if you want to. So here's an interesting option. Did you all know that you can purchase a splash pack at Typhoon Lagoon? What's a splash pack? For $44 a person, you get select food and beverages at the park, a refillable water park mug, and a Disney-themed towel to keep. Oh, we should have done that. And it says it's available from March 26th to August 24th at select locations in the water park. We'll do that next time. And the other thing for people to know before you go is they really enforce the dress code policy and I did see a couple ladies with thong bottoms on Mm -hmm. and um, one of them happened to be right where we were walking through and a security person told her that her uh, swimsuit was inappropriate for family the family wait wait, use use her words though oh no I can't (laughs) Oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah, they weren't very happy about being stopped about um, having inappropriate swimsuits on. But, oh. or a, but she, it really was. I mean, it, I'm, I'm looking and, and I'm thinking, come on, there are kids everywhere. You aren't at a beach. You're at a water park. So... Yeah. The person who stopped them was very funny about it, though. So I did find, it does say on this article that I'm reading from Disney Tourist Blog, the Beachcomber Shacks range in cost from the high 200s to the mid 300s, just depending upon the season. And the chairs with umbrellas are around $50 each. I would say that's pretty worth it to get a couple reserved chairs with an umbrella and get the, you know, it includes the towels. That's a pretty good option. Those, um... The beachcomber um, shacks would be good for a party. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Especially if you were going to split the cost. Like, say you had, you know, a group, a couple of families getting together and you split the cost. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think that would be 
pretty nice. Let's talk really quickly about food. I don't know if you guys actually had a chance to try a lot of tasty treats, but what was your review on the food at Typhoon Lagoon? Um, I thought it was really good, actually. Garrett and I um, got a couple meals and shared them, and we got a Cuban hamburger. So it's a hamburger with ham and pickles and stuff, you know. And then we also got the chicken tenders with fries, and it was fine. I think the burger, um, the Cuban burger, was amazing. Actually, not just Ooh, fine. Wow. Ooh. So, Garrett. Garrett likes hamburgers a lot, but he also doesn't realize that hamburgers don't have to be dry. So, <laughs> but it was good. I mean, for a, a I don't even have to be dry, but I don't. I'm not looking for imperfections. Oh, oh come on! Wow. What, whatever. He is you firing all kinds of shots at you today. You know what? If I'm gonna pay fourteen ninety nine for a hamburger, I don't want to feel like I have to drink water while I'm chewing on it. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. No, it's not bad, though. It actually is good. Um, and it's a tasty hamburger. It's just, you know, I can make that at home. So. Did you know that at Happy Landings Ice Cream that you can get something called a uh, sand pail, which is a kitchen sink light for nine ninety nine, a bucket filled with chocolate and vanilla soft serve and topped with waffle cone pieces, cookie pieces, sprinkles, hot fudge, caramel sauce, strawberry sauce, whipped cream, and a cherry. Sounds like something I have to we, try. We did see that, actually. Mm-hmm. Once. I think we should try it. You can't have it. We, we, uh, we said we were going to wait for you guys, though, and we're going to make McKinney the chocolate bar. Yes. <laughs> you can also get mini donuts at a food cart that look really good. I did see that, and it smelled like funnel cakes. Yeah, they sound pretty good. And a lot of basically what I've read, because I haven't been there, a lot of the options are kind of standard theme park food. It's not like you can get super fancy stuff, but as a teaser, we're going to talk next week about the H2O Glow Nights at Typhoon Lagoon, and they do offer some specialty, very, I would call them Instagrammable food and drink options. So they kind of up their game for H2O Glow Nights, but um, yeah. I mean, it sounds like you all had a good time. So, is the plan now to go back and and experience it again? Are you ready to try Blizzard Beach, or what do you think? We, we got to try Blizzard Beach next. Yeah, you've only got a couple of weeks before me and McKenna are down there. So, I mean, are you going to be able yeah. to try it before we get there, or is that going to be a family experience? I think it's going to be family. Okay, I'm fine with that. We should all try Blizzard Beach for the first time together. And then go back to Typhoon Lagoon. And then go back to Typhoon Lagoon. Yeah, we did get some votes for Blizzard Beach on the Twitter, by the way. I should mention, before we wrap this up, that uh, we had some people that said that they definitely would pick Blizzard Beach over Typhoon Lagoon. WDW Plantoons at WDW Plantoons said the theme is better at Blizzard, plus they have the ski jump slide of death. (laughs) And uh, But they did say they like the Lazy River at Typhoon better overall. And then, of course, Park Hopping Mad said that they really enjoy both parks but prefer Blizzard Beach. They love the theming and enjoy the tubing slides there more so. The Toboggan Racers, Runoff Rapids, Snowstormer, etc. And the Wave Pool is more relaxing, which kind of goes without saying, considering I, I guess the Blizzard Beach Wave Pool doesn't have six-foot waves. So. Right. <laughs> But you did say that it, there are uh, calmer sessions of, of the wave pool at Typhoon Lagoon, right? Yeah, they have like bobbing waves at um, certain points too. So, yes. Yeah, that's nice. So if you do want a calmer wave pool experience, they do it. Yes. It alternates. Very good. 
All right. Well, that's a great review. I'm excited to give them a try now. I, I'm always on the fence about water parks just because I kind of get a little bit grossed out if I overthink the, especially like the wave pool and lazy river. I don't really want to think about those things too much. Yeah. Um, I don't really like getting into a swimming pool with more than a couple of people just because I think it's a little bit gross, but it sounds like it's a lot of fun and I should just for the day, just kind of act like I'm invincible and, and you know, go with it. I mean, Garrett and I survived. <laughs> yeah. And especially with Garrett drinking half the water from the wave pool. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And he made it. I spit out most of it. Right. <laughs> Thank you all so much for giving us your review of Typhoon Lagoon. I'm glad you had a good time, and I'm excited for all of us to go the next time we venture into a Walt Disney World water park. Yeah, I, I think it's a lot of fun, and I really encourage people who are coming, like, go buy it. it it's a lot of fun, and it's a good day. It lets out at 5, so you can go eat at Epcot afterwards, so... Yeah, that's a good idea because the water parks don't stay open late. So you can go back to your room, get cleaned up, and then go out to a nice dinner in World Showcase. Try the new Japanese steakhouse maybe once it opens. Yeah. <laughs> I just planned a day for you. Takumi Tei. I still don't know if I'm saying that right. Who knows? I haven't Sounds heard anyone right. else say it yet. You just plan a day for us. I oh, did. well, you're welcome. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening again this week. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Again, if you want to interact with us or follow our activity throughout the week, you need to follow us on social media. We're at Morning Monorail on Twitter. We're Monday Morning Monorail on Facebook. We've got a YouTube that I promise is going to pick up at some point. McKenna's going to take over and be our official vlogger on the Monday Morning Monorail YouTube once yeah. we get down there. And then we're going to have uh, more content on the Instagram. I said I was going to try to do more stories, and that didn't happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we're all over the place, so reach out to us. Interact with us. We really enjoy the community aspect of this whole thing. And then thank you all again for all your support, all the listens, all the recommendations. You're amazing, and we love to have you as part of the Monorail family. Yeah, and a huge shout-out to Allison and Norma. I had so much fun with you guys last time you were here. Allison's going to come back and uh, hang out here soon. <laughs> you're just throwing – You're just throwing, that was – so, uh, again, at WDW Minibar is Allison on Twitter. She is a great follow on Twitter. If you're not already doing so, you need to do that. But you're just trying to <laughs> – you're just trying to throw that in my face because I was talking about hanging out with Jen and Frank, aren't you? It's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm hanging out with people too. <laughs> so follow follow Allison, follow Jen and Frank at Dillo's Diz. That's Dillo's with an S, Diz with a Z. And they they're doing stuff on YouTube too. If you look if you enjoy the Mickey Mouse Club, they're doing some hilarious videos where they're doing live watches of Mickey Mouse Club episodes and doing commentary. And Frank, Frank tries to recreate dance moves and ends up hurting himself because he's an old man. It's, it's a lot of fun. So, so those are our recommendations. Go do that. And also, I recommend you come back here next week, and we will talk to you then. Bye-bye. Bye. Later. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for riding with us today. We hope you enjoyed the journey, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Until then, we want to hear from you. Send us questions, comments, and suggestions on Twitter at Morning Monorail. Our email address is mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com. You can also call our voicemail at 407-917-2144. As we approach the station, gather your belongings and please watch your step as you exit. <laughs> See y'all.